0: It's so quiet right now, uh, and it's been this summer. I don't know about for you guys, but this summer just flew by for me. It feels like uh, like it was just a couple weeks ago. It was twelve weeks ago actually um, that I was up here sharing the heart behind summer and the songs. I get to be the one that started it and wrapped it up. And uh, it was eleven weeks ago that it was the last time that I was up here preaching. So uh, it's been a nice break for preaching. We've had a lot of guest speakers. We have. Five guest speakers, um, and we've covered 10 psalms. So some of the speakers, we had Rob Lee, we had Joe Trujillo, we had Pastor Sean Bagley, Pastor Kevin Jensen, and last week, we had Scott Henderson, and he covered Psalm 9 for us. And as Scott was preaching last week, he was telling us how it's an acrostic uh, uh, psalm where it goes in alphabetical order, and, and that it could be smashed together with number 10. That the two, two together make up one big, long psalm, but there's an argument that these two are just different enough that they could be broken up into nine and ten. And we'll get to see why as we um, go through the, the psalm today. So let's pick up our Bibles. I I personally really enjoyed when Kevin Jensen did this a few weeks ago. Let's stand as we read God's Word together. I don't have a Bible, there should be one under your seat, and then we've got it up here. Why, O Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? In arrogance, the wicked hotly pursue the poor. Let them be caught in the schemes that they have revised. For the wicked boasts of the desires of his soul, and one greedy for gain curses and renounces the Lord. In the pride of his face, the wicked does not see him. All his thoughts are, there is no God. His ways prosper at all times. Your judgments are on high out of his sight. As for all his foes, he puffs at them. He says in his heart, I shall not be moved. Throughout all generations, I shall not meet adversity. His mouth is filled with cursing and deceit and oppression. Under his tongue are mischief and iniquity. He sits in ambush in the villages. In hiding places, he murders the innocent. His eyes stealthily watch for the helpless. He lurks in ambush like a lion in his thicket. He lurks that he may seize the poor. He seizes the poor when he draws him into his net. The helpless are crushed, seek down, and fall by his honey. He says in his heart, God is forgotten. He has hidden his face. He will never see it. Arise, O Lord. O God, lift up your hand. Forget not the afflicted. Why does the wicked renounce God and say in his heart, You will not call to account? But you do see, for you know mischief and vexation, that you may take it into your hands to you, the helpless commits himself. You have been the helper of the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked and evildoer. Call his wickedness to account till you find none. The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations perish from his land. O Lord, you hear the desire of the afflicted. You will strengthen your heart. You will incline your ear to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed so the man who is of the earth may strike terror no more. This is God's word. Go ahead and have a seat. Join me in prayer. Father God, we just thank you for your word, God. We thank you um, that you just brought us all here today, God, to gather for one purpose, God, to glorify your name. And I pray for hearts to be open, minds to be open, God. And that your Holy Spirit would speak in and through me, God. And I say these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So to start things off. I tell you guys, David is a seven. You know what a seven is? Anybody? Not quite a ten. Not quite a ten. <laughs> <laughs> no? So what it is, it's a personality type and there's this personality test it's called the Enneagram and what it is is they take um, there's a series of questions and it's like a hundred and roughly 140 questions it takes about 40 minutes to do it and when you take this personality test it tells you to just give your first like initial like snap answer what you need. don't give too much thought to answering your questions and all the questions are like just two two options So you read through the question, there are two options, and pick the first one that sticks out to you. And there's nine personality types. And you go through, and as you take this, and then it it categorizes you and scores you. Like, here's your your highest score, here's your next, and next. And so you'll have uh, your personality type, and then usually two wings that kind of help you to figure out who you are. And so I'm going to go over what these nine personality types are, briefly. And so number one... We've got the reformer, the rational, idealistic type, principled, purposeful, self controlled, and perfectionist. Number two, the helper, the caring, interpersonal type, demonstrative, generous, people pleasing, and possessive. Number three, the achiever, the success oriented, pragmatic type, adaptive, excelling, driven, and image conscious. Number four, the individualist, the sensitive, withdrawn type, expressive, dramatic, self absorbed, and temperamental. Number five, the investigator, the intense, cerebral type, perceptive, innovative, secretive, and isolated. Number six, the loyalist, the committed, security oriented type, engaging, responsible, anxious, and suspicious. Number seven, the enthusiast the busy, fun-loving type, spontaneous, versatile, distractible, and scattered. Number eight, the challenger, the powerful, dominating type, self-confident, decisive, willful, willful, and confrontational. And lastly, number nine, the peacemaker, the easygoing, self-effacing type, receptive, reassuring, agreeable, and complacent. Now, we're going to pull up all nine there in a the list. I want to hear, there's some of you that already know what I am, so you guys can't guess, but I want to know what you guys think I am. Let's hear it. Loyalist. Loyalist? Okay. Any other guesses? Perfectionist. Perfectionist. <laughs> far from that. <laughs> 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 Wait, let's see. Enthusiast. Enthusiast? Enthusiast. Enthusiast? Okay. Well... I am number seven the enthusiast <laughs> so sevens are extroverted optimistic versatile and spontaneous they can be playful high-spirited and practical they can also misapply their talents become overextended scattered and undisciplined we are constantly seeking new and exciting experiences, but become distracted and exhausted by staying on the go. Impulsively and typically, have problems with impatience and impulsiveness. Now, when I this part that they constantly seek new and exciting experiences, this is how I ended up in an MMA fight. <laughs> this is how I got knocked out in twelve seconds. There was some. I wasn't quite sure how to deal with my emotions. There was a lot going on last summer. And I went to my friend, who was my coach, and said, I'm going to fight. And I committed to fight. And once I was committed, I was doing it. So this is how uh, we end up uh, as a seven in these situations. Recently, I've been struggling with um, just having this impulsive desire again. I've been kind of stressed out and having some anxiety. And I was able to recognize it this time. Yay! recently so I, I get a bonus from work I need to I'm saying my name right now <laughs> but uh, I recent, you know we get bonuses at work and I, I put a little bit of money every, a bit away every time I get a bonus and I've been saving up and I've had this chunk of money in my in my truck and so I, I I've been thinking about like there's all this stress going on all these things going on and I get that impulsive desire and then I I keep thinking, like, maybe I'll try this out. Maybe I'm going to do this. Maybe I'll do that with it. And I get all these, like, options that start going through my head. And I was able to recognize that. Because usually when that happens, I think that that, when I act out on that impulse, it's going to take away from whatever stress or anything So I've been having that, those feelings again. I've been working through that. And some of the things, um, like, a basic fear <coughs> of a type 7 for new pain. I don't know how to deal with all of my emotions. As you saw, you know, the name, the enthusiast, all I want is the happy, like, feel-good type stuff. Our basic desire is to be satisfied and content and have my needs fulfilled and make me feel good. And one of the best ways I've heard like a seven described Anybody like the phase? Anybody like the China buffet? I love the China buffet. But if you guys like the phase, I was listening to a podcast on Sevens that says this is what a Seven's mind is like. They're at a buffet. You got all these options. We want to try every single one because there's all the options. Sevens actually act out and try every single one. That's why they get impulsive. So when there's a situation going on, I kind of go, so this option, this is a good option, this is a bad option, this is an okay option, here's another bad option, and I want, I race through every single one of those options in my head and I think, let's try them all out and see what happens. <laughs> and so this is why I think David is a seven. We see in the Psalms how he deals with his emotions, and we'll see today if you pay close enough attention from nine to ten and then how ten ends, it kind of goes off the rails a little bit. He's kind of got this impulsive behavior, too. You know, the the famous story of David and Goliath. Here is Goliath, this behemoth of a man standing at nine feet tall, a giant with a giant attitude. He's the champion of the Philistines, and he was able to immobilize an entire army. When Goliath challenged challenged. The Israelites seemingly forget who their champion is. In comes David, sent in to check on, on his brothers. Here he is, a seven at his healthiest state, highly responsive, excitable, enthusiastic, eager, eager resilient, and spontaneous. says the Philistine said said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. Amen. Amen. And I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day, to the birds of the air, to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all of this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. So he comes in just to check in, and he ends up taking on Goliath. They want to give him all of the armor and all the tools, and he's like, nah, I got this. We come in the name of the Lord, and he defeats Goliath eager, he's spontaneous, he's highly responsive, he's enthusiastic, and he's resilient. Now, I told you, as sevens at their worst act out of anxiety, act out on their impulses, and don't know when to stop and fall into deep depressions. Adding on that, when I did my uh, my uh, angiogram test and looked at what types, you know, what, what type I was and started doing more research into it. It shook me to the core to learn that, uh, like, celebrities and famous people that commit suicide, and most of them are categorized as a type 7. Because they fall into such a deep depression and they're impulsive that on a whim they end up taking their own life. So it kind of shook me and freaked me out when I read that. So here here David is, acting out on impulse. Another story, David and Bathsheba. He sees this beautiful woman from the rooftop. He knows that she's taken. He decides to take her as his own. He ends up playing with her, and what happens is she gets pregnant, and things continue to just spiral out of control, and he's in this you know, anxious, impulsive uh, way of life right now, and, they, and he ends up sending her husband out to be killed. Sends him to the front lines, tells him to draw back, and he has her husband killed. Now as we, I get on to the emotional side of things, why I think David is a seventh. I started journaling to kind of help me deal with my emotions and figure them out. And I read through the psalm, nine, you know, Psalms 9 and 10. I felt the same way. That there's like this high point of rejoice, and then get into this kind of dark, wicked stuff, and then God, you're good. And I don't I don't know how to handle and feel all the emotions, and I feel like even as a worship leader, that Paul share in that as well, Paul, or not Paul, uh, David and I share in that as well, our love for music and, and just having those deep emotions and trying to figure out how to get them out there. I look at my journaling and, and see some of those same patterns of like, rejoice, God, are good, and then get into this dark place and like, God, I trust you. So let's start with verse 1. Why, O Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Has anybody ever felt that way? Have you ever cried out to God, Why, God, where are you? Why do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself? Times of trouble. What has led you to this place of doubt? What's led you there? Think about it for a minute, where you you can reflect on that. And maybe you've been dealt a bad hand. Maybe your life just seems to not be so kosher right now. Going. Maybe you're wrestling with some relationship troubles, maybe with a relationship with your child, a relationship with somebody at work, a relationship with your spouse, but you just can't seem to quite get your feet under you in that relationship. There's no traction there. Maybe you feel depressed or anxious. Maybe there's something chemically not quite going on, and you can't quite figure out why. Maybe your, your marriage isn't going well right now. But there's something going on that makes you feel like you're in a place that you don't deserve to be and you wonder, why God? Why, oh Lord, do you stand far away? Maybe you've got crap insurance. And you're nervous to take your child to, to the doctor. You're nervous and a wreck anytime got to go take a sick child to the doctor because it's going to cost a lot more money than you have. There's something, some deep issue, maybe there's something going on that has made you ask this question, maybe you're in this moment in life where you're asking this question right now, why, oh Lord, do you stand far away? God, where are you? Those situations make it easy to go into that area of doubt, What the enemy did in the garden of Eden? Wanted them to doubt. It's not a new concept. It's nothing that that we haven't felt before of doubting God. But let's, let's dig a little deeper here. Hear me out. I think doubt can prove to be fruitful. Doubt can prove to be fruitful the end result is a deeper reliance and trust in God. Doubt can prove to be fruitful if the end result is a deeper reliance and trust in God. Trials are going to come. They're going to occur and you will doubt God. You can turn your doubt from, from go from doubt to pleading, and to trust. Why, oh Lord, do you stand far away? I need you the most. I really need you right now. There are seasons in life where these questions come to mind. Why, oh Lord, do you stand far away? What is the root? Why do we ask this question? God, where are you? Why do we ask, why, oh Lord, do you stand far away? Before we get in and dive into that root and figure out what is making us ask those questions, let's talk about God's character for a moment. What do you guys know of God's character? This is more crowd work. I'm working the crowd again. Going heavy on the crowd work. Faithful. Faithful. Loving. I don't know who said loving. Loving. Just. Just. Merciful. Merciful. Jealous. (laughs) Jealous. <laughs> Any others? Anybody want to throw one out? Wrathful. Wrathful. Okay. So, this is what we know of God's character. It's throughout all my answers, I got written down here. Okay. He is just. There is no injustice in him. He is always right. He is wise, infinitely, consistently, and perfectly. He is omniscient, omniscient, I struggle with that word, all-knowing, he's omnipotent, all-powerful, he is self-sufficient, he is never-changing, and he is always faithful. The list could go on and on and on of all the God's characteristics and, and who he is. But the one I want to focus on is he is omnipresent, meaning he is always <laughs> everywhere. Where can I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there your hand will lead me, and your right hand will lay hold of me. Psalm 139. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua 1, nine. David knows God's character. And when he asks, Why, O Lord, are you far away? He's not doubting God's character because we know that he knows God's character. He's doubting God's plan. He knows what kind of God God is. And he's questioning his plan saying, God, I know who you are, but man, you feel far away. And this is is all just verse 1 so far. We're not even done with verse 1. But in times of trouble, he begins confessing what he's feeling. And I think there's this notion that it's not okay to tell God you feel far away. But it is okay. And what we've learned in some of the Psalms, to be honest with God. If you've got to have that tough conversation, ask him, God, why do you feel so far away? Question him understanding his character, though. Knowing that he's just, knowing that he's wise, knowing that he's self-sufficient, knowing that he's faithful. Question him understanding who he is. God, I know you, but what is going on right now? This feels foreign, God, and I feel alone. I know you're here, but I'm doubting what you've got planned. And it's okay to express these things to God, and this is one of the reasons I was excited about this psalm. God already knows our struggles. Don't pull away thinking that you're the only one doubting in God's plan. Communicate where you actually are with God. That's all verse 1. And we're like 20 minutes into the sermon. Don't pull away thinking you're the only one doubting in God's plan. Confess where you really are as you move towards The next 10 verses, 2 through 11, are an insight of maybe, maybe why David is having doubts. 10 verses are the re- reason. Why David says, Why, O oh Lord? Verse 2, In arrogance the wicked hotly pursue the poor. Let them be caught in the schemes that they have devised. Verse 3, For the wicked boasts the desires of his soul, and the one grieved for being curses and renounces to the Lord. Verse 4, In the pride of his face the wicked does not seek him. All his thoughts are, there is no God. His ways prosper at all times. Your judgments are on high out of this sight. For all his foes, he posted them. Verse 6, he says in his heart, I shall not be moved throughout all generations. I shall not meet adversity. Verse 7, his mouth is filled with cursing and deceit and oppression. Under his tongue are mischief and iniquity. Verse 8, he sits in ambush in the villages and hiding places. He murders the innocent. His eyes stealthily watch for the helpless. Verse 9, he works in ambush life. A lion in his thicket, he looks that he may seize the poor. He seizes the poor when he draws him into his net. The, verse 10, the helpless are crushed, sink down and fall by his mind. Verse 11, he says in his heart, God is forgotten, he has hidden his face, I will never see it. David lays it all out that the wicked are impressive. We need you, God. Are you going to continue to let this go on? I know your character, God. I know you, but I'm struggling with your plan right now. And yeah. we struggle to see God's plan. What do we do next? What's next? Our own plan. Our own, yeah, oftentimes, our own plan. Yes. Well, let's let's take let's take a, a, a note out of David's book here what could we do? Complete with God. Verse 12, Arise, O God, lift up your hands, forget not the be afflicted. And here we see, immediately, he goes from that doubt. And he clearly understands why, who, God, who God is by saying, Lord. Arise, O Lord. In verses 13 through 15, Why does the wicked renounce God in seeing his heart You he will not call to account? But you do see, for you know mischief and vexation, and you may take it into your hands. To you the helpless commits himself. You have been the helper of the followers. Break the arm of the wicked and evildoer, call his wickedness to account till you find none. David pleads with God for a response. So when we're in those moments where we feel like we're into something we don't deserve, we can take a note out of his book here and say, God, arise, I need to fill you. Just please take control of this situation. Plead with God to intervene when we see oppression happening. Pray to God to intervene when those things are going. He will not stand for it, and it's not okay, and God will not let injustice continue happening. Hard. Because we want to climb to go our way. But we can trust in His character. God is the one we must plead with because we trust His character. Are you pleading with God? If you're in one of those moments where you feel like God is distance, are you pleading with God? gone from doubt into plea, and what comes next? Trust. We pray God would change the situation that we're in. But what often happens, the Holy Spirit comes in. He moves in us and changes us. Let's leave this into the last few verses. The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations perish from his land. O Lord, you hear the desire of the afflicted. You will strengthen their heart. You will incline your ear. to Do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed, so that man who is the earth may strike terror no more. Verse 16 says, The Lord is king forever. David's now gone in these this, this few short verses from doubt into pleading with God and trusting God, and he calls him the king. He's proclaiming who the real king is. Now, King David, he was the man then. But here he is saying, there's a better King David. There's a better King David. His name is Jesus. And can you trust God's plan Yes, because of that better King David. He is the king of kings. He is the king of kings that left his throne. He is the king of kings that came down here and lived a perfect life. He is the king of kings that was wrongfully accused. He was beaten and spit upon. That king of kings took the crown of thorns. That king of kings was nailed to the cross and hung there and died. King of Kings was buried in the grave in a rich man's tomb, like the prophet said he would be. And that King of Kings went and proclaimed the victory. God does have a better plan a plan to redeem a people, to restore all things, to reign forever and ever. And when we go in these situations, of, in these, these areas of doubt, and we question God, where are you? And then we plead with God. And then we trust that God is good, that he is king. What, what is, what's our response? And I feel like it's an implied response here. It doesn't come right out and saying, but an implied response would be, thanksgiving, praise, worship, celebrating God. We have a reason to celebrate. He is key. He is good. He is a good God. That God that we so lovingly trust, that he has a good and better plan. That's that's what's going on here. And I feel like it's a a good uh, wrap up to the summer and the Psalms and what we've been through. And to just know that it's it's okay to ask God those times. That was one thing that I would hope that as we went through the summer of the psalms this summer, that you would just really take and look into what the psalms say and know that you can have that same emotional, healthy relationship with God. And by grace and God's goodness, like I'm working through Tony. And you, as I did this anagram test and was telling Chris and Tony about it, Tony's like, that doesn't, that's not your identity. Yes, it's so true. But it help It's a tool to help you guys, my wife, my kids, and even myself understand what kind of crazy I am. And then bring that to God and say, God, how do I live through this? How do I just become this, you know, healthy man that You made me to be? So that's what I hope that we take taken at of some of the songs. I hope you guys enjoy it. next summer we're going to pick right back up in Psalm 11. See where God takes us through there. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your amazing grace, God. For just giving us the tools to come here and share in your word, God. But you're the one that calls the people to the ministry, God. You're the one that is leading people out to share the gospel with others. Part of that whole, part of that. Thing that we do, God, is letting people know that we can have an intimate relationship with you. But you're not a distant God. Because we know your character. We know your character. We know who you are. We know what kind of God you are, and you're not a distant God. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, God. And you are there. In those moments where it feels like You're so far away. I just want to remind people, everybody here, that you are their God. If somebody's struggling with that God, that they would know that you are there. It may not feel like it, God, but they would know that you are there, that you've got a hold on them, and that they just need to plead with you and trust in you and worship you, God. Because you're a good God.